0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 148. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their
1: inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And
0: now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation. I have received so many requests for a book detailing the step by step process of creating your own podcast. Well, the day has arrived. Podcast Launch has hit the Amazon store. I share everything in this book and have included 15 incredible video tutorials that go along with the purchase. If you pick up Podcast Launch and enjoy, I would love a review on Amazon. Go to podcastlaunch.com to snag your copy and get instant access to all 15 video tutorials. That's podcastlaunch.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Kalen King. Kalen, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ready to ignite and have been for ages. Had a few little fires along the way, but now we're ready to go for it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Kaelin is the founder and CEO of whatclinic.com, which launched in 2005 and has over 1 million monthly users in over 100 countries. Prior to whatclinic, Kalen was a VP of product at Newbase Software where he helped launch five product lines and grew their user base over 10 million. Kalin is a father of 3 and a keen runner. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Kalen, but why don't you take a minute? Tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you. And then tell us about what clinic.
1: Well, for me, the main driver in, in business is just about, about delivering value. And about, uh, you know, I want to think that my reward isn't just in terms of monetary reward, although I, you know, that's kind of important. My reward is, is that I'm trying to make. A difference you know i want to wake up in the morning and look back upon what i did and see something that i have achieved something and that that the world is somewhat of a better place uh, and of course that i'm monetarily rewarded for that um but you know i'm the type of person that that thinks about work when i dream about work or when i wake up it's around three or four seconds till i start working i work until i go to sleep and i don't i don't regard it as work it's just who i am i enjoy it i live it uh, it's it's who i am it's how people know me. It's everything about me. I just do it because that's what I do. I can't really explain it any better than that.
0: Hey, that's a good explanation, Kalen. And I do just want to say that it seems so often when people adopt that mentality that you're talking about, that you're not really concerned forefront about the monetary aspect of things. You're more concerned about providing value. Well, guess what? When you do that and it's self-evident, money follows. And that's just been so true for the 150 plus interviews I've done here at Entrepreneur on Fire with entrepreneurs who are successful. They can really trace that success back to the fact that they cared and they provided value. So before we launch into our next topic, I do just want to give Fire Nation a little touch about what whatclinic.com is. So give us a 30 second pitch.
1: Sure. So we put uh, 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 patients who are looking for elective self-pay treatments such as high end dental, uh, cosmetic, plastic surgery, hair transplant, laser eye surgery. We provide a marketplace where they can find clinics that provide those treatments and communicate with uh, those clinics over the uh, over the market. And what we're trying to do is create a more efficient market. Trying to create a market where the consumer has price transparency, where they have availability transparency, and where they have quality transparency. And that's really the idea. And if we're successful and what we do is we give the consumer more choice and we give them better choice and they make better decisions. So at this stage now, we do business in around 40 countries, um, everywhere from the UK to Mexico to Singapore to Thailand. Thailand all over the world and we're constantly expanding. We've just launched our Portuguese side into Brazil. We'll soon be launching our Spanish side into Mexico. Yeah. And it's going well, it's going really well. It's not without its challenges. Uh, Fundamentally, we're trying to put the uh, elective self-pay medical care system on its head from being professional driven whereby decisions are being made by doctors and nurses to being consumer driven where the information is passed on to the consumer and they can make decisions themselves.
0: Well, you're speaking to a great audience, Kaylin, because Entrepreneur on Fire at this moment is currently being downloaded over 150,000 unique times every single month in over 100 countries. So we really have a a really large reach, and it's great to see, see that you're in 40 countries. One thing I will note, the majority of our listeners are from the United States, which even speaks greater to what you're doing because these are entrepreneurs. And as entrepreneurs in the United States, one thing we often lack is healthcare. And so what you're offering is really giving us that transparency that we need to be able to make that right, affordable decision. So I'm really looking forward to delving more into that later in the interview. But before we do, Kaylin, we start off our interviews at Entrepreneur on Fire with a success quote. It's our way of getting that motivational ball rolling. And I really want to hear what you have for us. So take it away.
1: Well, my favourite success quote comes from a fair, uh, a uh, another Irishman, Samuel Beckett. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's often repeated. It's been changed many times. You might know it as "Fail fast, fail often, fail better." But the original is a quote from Samuel Beckett, which is "Try again, fail again, fail better." And that's something I take to heart completely. I mean, uh, you and all your listeners are are trying to fundamentally change the world or change an industry but it's about change. We're trying to make things better that were bad. We're trying to move things forward. And fundamentally that means risk. It means taking a chance. And by t- the definition of taking a chance is things mightn't go your way. And you just gotta accept that, that they sometimes they don't go your way, but learn something from it, move forward, and do it as cheaply as possible. And, and I don't just mean do it cheaply from a financial point of view or from a capital point of view. I mean, from your perspective as well. I mean, the, the the most important thing that you, your listeners, and I put into our businesses is ourselves and the other people that surround us. When we move forward, we want to know that we've only put as much as we had to into a losing battle and that we learn from that losing battle so we can move forward to the next stage.
0: Those are just some great insights, Kaylin, and such valuable insights for all entrepreneurs. And I just recently had Eric Reese on the show from The Lean Startup, and he talks so much about that, that minimally viable product. Just get that product out there, see how it reacts, and then see if you need to pivot or if you need to keep driving forward or just change course entirely. So that speaks very well to that. Thank you for sharing that quote with us. And that's going to lead us into our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges, obstacles that as entrepreneurs, Kalen, we face every single day on certain levels. But take us back to a time in your journey when you failed, when you were in despair, or when you just came up against an obstacle that you had to dig deep to overcome. But then share with Fire Nation how you overcame that obstacle.
1: Well, sure. I mean, there's failure abound, finding an example of this isn't isn't tough in my career. I mean, pretty much as an example of uh, of failure um, uh, every month or so uh, of of note. But I suppose one of the biggest challenges I faced in the current company was when we rebranded, we changed our name, we were called Reva Health and we rebranded back in late 2010 and changed the name back to whatclinic.com. And we had a real tough time like that. We had a viable business prior to the change, but it was only just viable. And we knew we had to change names. And we didn't have a lot of tank in the gas. There wasn't a lot of, of money in the bank. And when we changed our brand, Google didn't love us as much. There, we had problems with customers. It wasn't as well planned out or thought out as it should have been. And fundamentally, it looked like we were going to go bust. And uh the end of the day, we were a plane going nose, nose diving into the ground and It kind of looked like we were going to hit before we started to turn it around and started to raise the nose up and move out of it. And we had to go out there and we had to raise a bit more capital and we had to do it on our back foot. And it was tough to do. But at the end of the day, we got through it. Uh, And, you know, the nose did come up. And now we're plowing forward and things are going great again. But that's a great example of when you look deep in your heart and you go, why am I doing this? This is not a fun, fun moment. You know, this is my life that I'm living, living right now. And you really have to be certain that this is going to pay off or this is what you want to do and that the risk is worth the bit of your life that you're going to put into it. And, you know, we all have these moments when we wake up in the morning and we kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and kind of go, what are you doing here?
0: <laughs> oh, tell me about it.
1: <laughs> but, you know, to tell you the truth, the day to day ones, the things that I imagine most of your listeners are, are coming to is, is raising money, raising money in the current environment, that's just plain tough to do these days. I mean, I raised money back in uh, in '96. I raised it again in 2006 in different companies, and it's a different world out there today. Um, I mean, it takes us longer now, and we're a profitable company. It takes us longer to raise money now than it took when we were than it took when we were just a. Uh, A a glint in my eye back in two thousand and six. It's a different world out there to raise money, and my sympathies go out to anyone who's out there trying to convince people to part with their cash.
0: Absolutely, Kaylan. If you could just pull out one lesson that you learned from this rebranding, from this failure, from this struggle, this obstacle, what would it be?
1: Have contingency plans, especially if you're putting the uh, the if you're betting your company on something um, is always have a plan B. Uh, We went into this and we had a plan A and there was no plan B. So when things started to go wrong, we had nothing to turn around. The other key thing is, is I find that in moments of crisis, people go down two paths. uh, One path is they don't make any decisions. Um, They were like a deer trapped in the headlights uh, and that's not a good situation to be in. The other road, which is a road that I took, which was make decisions so quickly that you can't tell what the outcome from any one individual decision was i suppose a key learning point would be to take the middle road
0: very interesting insights there's just a lot of different ways to look at that but i mean just having that plan b contingency can be so critical because like we've talked about earlier sometimes you do need to make these pivots or these changes when you get things out to market and for you guys what clinic.com made sense. You went forward with it. It wasn't immediately embraced by the quote unquote Google Lords, but obviously it makes more sense on a lot of levels. People like myself are going to resonate with that domain name much better for obvious reasons. So you stuck with it. You kept going forward with that pivot and good things have come. Let's use that, Caitlin, to transition to our next topic, which is the aha moment. That's the other end of the spectrum. As entrepreneurs, just like we fail every single day on certain levels, we also have these aha moments every single day on certain levels. And throughout our journeys, we have these big light bulbs that come on and sometimes we ignore them. Sometimes we use them to drive forward because we know they're going to resonate with our target audience. Have you had a big aha moment, Kaylin, a light bulb that just went off? And if so, how did you turn that moment into success?
1: Well, I, let me take that from a slightly different angle. What, what I find that I'm sure every person who set up a business is of the same mindset is we see problems and we see solutions and we, see, we say, why does this have to suck so badly? The thing that we have to do now, once your business has any kind of traction, is almost ignore those light bulbs, push them to the left and push them, and push them aside so that you can move straight forward because it's so rare to get a business that has any kind of traction that it's very easily to be distracted to the left and to the right whereas what you've got to be doing is pushing your business straight forward if you've got a, a uh, if you've got a mission and a way to move forward but for me the aha moment for what clinic.com is i was i was traveling actually in uh, in thailand and i was rock climbing and i fell off a fell off a cliff grazed my uh, Uh, grazed my face, needed to go and get checked out because I'd scraped a mole and it had swollen up and it was fairly nasty. And I I had no idea what clinic to go to. I had no idea what the quality was going to be like, what the availability was going to be like, or or any of the information that I needed as a consumer to be able to uh, make a decision over what kind of healthcare place to to go to. At that moment, I realized, hold on a second, this sucks. There's got to be a better way, you know. There's got to be a way in which information can be got to me so I can make an effective decision. Yeah. And at that moment, I just realised, hold on a second, the whole of healthcare is like that. And with a quick a few Google searches, realised, hold on a sec, healthcare is the world's second biggest industry. There's got to be an opportunity here. I mean, it's only the only thing bigger than healthcare is energy. It's oil. Um, uh, and so, just realised that the opportunity was massive. And the the first challenge that I faced was just trying to narrow down the field into something that was manageable, something that could be achieved uh, effectively, a beachhead into the industry. And we made a decision. I made a decision at the time that uh, medical tourism was the right place to start, with intents of moving into local marketplaces. And that's where we launched. We launched into um a field where people were were willing to travel abroad in order to avail a treatment that wasn't available locally, that was cheaper than locally, was of a better quality than locally, and then eventually moved into local markets after that.
0: Great plan. Your initial take on the aha moment, which was staying away from those aha moments in a way, staying away from those bright, shiny objects that we just love to chase as entrepreneurs and instead keep your eyes on the prize and to keep focused, it's really a refreshing take and a refreshing answer to this question, Caitlin. So I really appreciate you bringing up a different perspective because it is so important because people really need to realize you're going to have great ideas and great aha moments throughout the course of your journey. And you really do need to pick and choose which ones you're going to pursue because if you try to pursue them all, you're going to actually pursue none of them to the place where you're going to have the kind of success that you're hoping to have. So that's a great take. And it's going to lead us into this next question because I'm really curious. Every entrepreneur looks at this question differently, answers this question differently. Kalen, have you had an I've made it moment?
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, You know, I, I... I remember the time that I used to say, if, if if only we got profitable or, or if only we raised funds, you know, but as soon as you got to that moment, you know, you got it, I, I don't know, even when you were an employee, uh, when I was an employee, I remember, uh, uh, you know, you'd get, you'd get a pay rise, you'd be promoted. And, you know, as soon as you got that pay rise, or as soon as you got promoted, you're already, already looking at the next goal, <laughs> uh, uh, so it's it's you know I, I think it's just a sense of striving. We're moving forward. We're striving for whatever's ahead of us. And once we've uh, achieved it, then uh, you know it's uh, that's no longer the goal. That's no longer the point. Uh, so no, I've never received. I've never been able to sit back in my chair, have a moment of quiet contemplation, and then kind of go, "This is great now."
0: <laughs> Very interesting response, Kalyn. And this is exactly why I asked this question because. Every entrepreneur looks at this question differently and answers it differently. Some people say, John, I've had an I've made a moment every single day of my life. And other people will say, John, I'll never have an I've made a moment because that will denote the end of my journey and my journey will never be over. I am passionate about what I do. For me, it's more about the journey itself and different milestones you're hitting along that journey and really appreciating these milestones that you are hitting as you do go through them because if you're not enjoying the journey, then why are you on it? And so, Kalen, are you enjoying your journey?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up. Uh, Now, that is absolutely critical. I say this to everyone, you've got to be having fun. I mean, you're putting your life into it if you're not having fun then no reward is worth giving up your life. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, I, what I, uh, I'm 40 years old now. And you know what? I'm going to be 40 once. I'm never going to get to relive this year. No matter how good 41 or 42 is, it's not going to be 40. I don't want to be a person who's when I'm 65 looks back and say, "I wish I did something else." I'm doing. I am living the dream now. I'm doing what I dreamed about. I'm. It. It's fun. It's what I do. It's who I am.
0: I can resonate with that, Kalen. I just turned 33 quite recently, and I had a lot of people saying, "Wow, John, you're 33 years old. Can you believe that you're that old?" And I really said, and this was an honest response this is going to be the best year of my life. And I really mean that. And I'm going to say the same thing next year. I'm going to mean it as well because my perception is my reality. And I'm just going to have this attitude of, hey, this year, 33, is going to be the best year of my life. And this year, 34, and so on. And that perception is going to become my reality. And I'm just going to go forward with that attitude because there's no reason to have an alternative attitude to that.
1: No, that's a great attitude for life, John.
0: So, Kaylin, let's move into the next topic right now, your current business. We have talked a decent amount about whatclinic.com and what you do, but this is really where we talk about what's exciting you with whatclinic.com right now.
1: So, the big thing for me is is changing the industry slowly, bit by bit, and seeing changing expectations of patients and see changing behaviors of clinicians. We are seeing a dramatic change in the industry where the consumer is being put up front, where they are now demanding more. They want more information, they want to be in charge of their own informa- uh, of they want to be in charge of their own decisions. And we're seeing an industry changing in the background which is which is coming to meet those requirements that the consumer has. And this is an absolute juggernaut changing distance. If you think like a super tanker takes 20 minutes and 13 miles to stop. This is just like a super tanker going through the ocean. We have a $6 trillion industry, which is slowly and surely changing. And the thing that's great and that we see is it's changing on a person by person basis. We can literally see individual people's perceptions and behaviors changing. a positive uh, for a positive impact
0: that's powerful stuff and that visual that you brought up about that tanker taking 13 miles to stop is incredible and just brings up images of the movie Titanic where they spotted that glacier in the ocean and they knew they needed to turn and man, they they started the process and they hit the reverse button and the propeller stopped and started going backwards but that beast of a Titanic could not turn quickly enough and it hit that glacier. So it's just a very powerful image. You're going forward with that. I can just see how every step of the ladder is going to take time. Now, my question to you is this, Kalen. I'm currently reading the book, The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. I recently had him on Entrepreneur on Fire. He's a great author. He really just dives in depth into historical figures and historical events. And One thing that he was really talking about was how important it is to be fast and to be Flexible and to be able to outmaneuver your opponent. And he used specifically the example back in China when the nationalist China army had this massive army, sophisticated, and the communist army was very small and was not sophisticated at all, but they kept small and fast and they hit and they ran and they never got trapped and they wore down the enemy. This is a long way of asking. Are you going to keep whatclinic.com small in life? Or are you looking to build into a large corporation?
1: Somewhere between the two of those things. I, I think everything that you said there is absolutely true within certain domains. I think when you start getting to um, legacy businesses such as healthcare or telecommunications, things change slower than people expect, especially entrepreneurs. So I, I think back a decade ago, everyone was saying existing telecoms companies would have gone bust by now, you know, but you know what, they're still around and they're still listed on the uh, on the stock exchange. That's for sure. And although the end, you know, is definitely out there for traditional um, uh, minute-based approaches uh, to telecoms, you know, there's still many, many years to go. And at the same time, you know, healthcare is going to take a long time—a uh, long time to change. And if we go back to that image of a super tanker, you know, if you're trying to move a super tanker, you need to have a certain weight behind you as well. Right. It's not just enough to be fast, you know. But no matter how hard a fly tries to change the direction of a super tanker, it's going to be a long time doing it.
0: Those are just some great insights, Kalen. I just love the fact that you're pulling down the window, letting us peek into your mind of where you're taking whatclinic.com. It's obviously a massive industry, and there's obviously great people like yourself and whatclinic.com that are making changes on whatever pace is currently possible. And that's going to take us into the final segment of the show, which is the lightning round. And Kalen, this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan?
1: Uh, it sounds a bit hopeful,
0: but let's go for it. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Well, actually, when I when I left college, I, I set up uh, a few small businesses myself, and just doing desktop publishing, various different things, and, you know... They never came to anything. I came to a realization that I just didn't have the skills. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the network. I didn't have anything at all. So what held me back was general levels of ignorance. Right. Um, and so I went and I deliberately went out to learn the skills I needed. I went out there and I, uh, I managed software teams, did engineering, went into marketing, went into sales, did a bit, a bit in finance, just to try and get myself the levels of skills that I needed in order to be able to set up and run my own business. So what helped me back? Ignorance.
0: Ignorance. What is the best business advice you've ever received?
1: Put your hand up quickly. And, and this is it applies as much as when you're a CEO as, as it did when I was a, an employee, which is do things quick, do them fast. But when you mess up, put your hand up straight away and say, I messed up, let's move forward, let's fix the problem. The corollary to that is never shove your head in the sand, recognize mistakes quickly, get your hand up quickly. Um, there should be no blame game. Let's just recognize that the mistake was was made. Learn so we can fail better the next time.
0: Great advice. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation?
1: Yeah, for me, uh, uh, for me uh, Zero uh, Xero, the financial software uh, package, for me, I, it, I just live and breathe the thing. It just makes... The PL, as far as I'm concerned, gives me insights about my business that I wouldn't have here. You know, we do an awful lot of um, uh, search engine optimization. So SEO Moz is great for us. Um, we use that on a daily basis. Um, uh, Google Apps, I mean it's changed the world. I know everyone's probably saying it, but you know, um, we you know Google Apps just allows us to work just so much quicker. I mean, we still use the traditional uh, office productivity tools as well. But in terms of that niche of sharing and commenting and moving documents through quicker and getting to a final decision quicker, I find Google Apps is just great.
0: You nailed it with SEO Moz. We had Rand Fishkin on the show a couple months back, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Rand Fishkin. And he's the CEO of SEO Moz, which is just a phenomenal company. And that interview opened my eyes up incredibly about that world. And so I'm just glad to hear that you and Ireland are seeing that as well and using that to your benefit.
1: Absolutely. It's, 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 you know, they've come on so far in the two years we've been using them. Uh, and now at this stage it's completely invaluable. His blog is fantastic as well.
0: Fantastic. If you could recommend a book for fire nation, Kalen, what would it be?
1: A single book. That's pretty tough. It, it you know, I, First of all, the things I'd say is just keep reading, keep current. Uh, um, you know, what applies to you at this moment in time is different for everyone. I mean, the, my favorite book has been at some stage or time was Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. In fact, actually, if I go back further, I'd probably say uh, South the Endurance Expedition, Shackleton's Journey to the to the South Pole. That was key in, in in setting my ideas about what leadership was, about that sacrifice was, about what they what a a joint journey was and having a mission that was bigger than one individual person was. And I suppose I not strictly a business book um, either, would be Joe Simpson's Touching the Void, you know, and for me the key message out of that would have been making decisions quickly, critical decisions quickly that are neither correct or incorrect. I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but it's a, it's a climbing book. And effectively, Joe is on a, on a rope in the middle of uh, Peru uh, alone. His partner is holding him. A decision has to be made. You know, both of them are going to die. A decision is made to cut the rope and the decisions you know that, that people have to live by. But the decision has to be made in the spur of the moment. Sometimes decisions have to be made in the spur of the moment and you have to live by them.
0: Nope, as a military guy, one of the biggest things that was passed down to me as an officer was, Lieutenant, a good decision now is better than a great decision later, especially on the battlefield because you may not have opportunity to make that great decision if you wait.
1: Yeah, so uh, this is something that I think everyone needs to learn is the decisions that need to be made now. Some decisions do not need to be made now. It is fine to just go, I'm not making a decision. I don't have the information I need to hand. But it's not critical that I make the decision now. So I'm making a positive decision not to make a decision.
0: That's That's a a decision.
1: decision. (laughs) (laughs) That is a decision. Yes, I'm not going to make a decision here. But the other things, some things are critical. And you have seconds in which you have to respond. And they are important decisions. And you have to live by those decisions. And, you know, as you said, a good decision now is better than a great decision tomorrow.
0: Kaelin, this is the last question. It's kind of tricky. It's my favorite. So you can take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: Uh, The first thing you have to do is get to know some people and start developing a network. I mean, you can have all your skills, all the knowledge, even a lot of money. And if you don't have a network of people who trust you and who understand you, who you can bounce ideas off of, who you can use resources of, then realistically, you're not going to do very much. So I'd get out there if I if I have my, my set of knowledge, which would be an Internet suite of knowledge. I'd uh, get out there, start meeting other entrepreneurs, start talking to them about their ideas, maybe find a meetup. Uh, uh. And you know, if uh, with $500 in my pocket, I'd probably start looking for a job.
0: Kalen, that was great actionable advice. And you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Well, thanks very much. That was, it was great and highly enjoyable. And thank you for the opportunity, John, of, uh, of talking to your listeners, 100,000 listeners a month. That's a phenomenal uh, figure. Well done. Uh, you've done. You've done great there. Thank you. Um, I mean, uh, what clinic? It's, uh, it's, an, it's a network. It's a platform. It's a platform where consumers can connect to health clinics around the world. Our mission is to lower the cost of health care, to increase the quality of, of health care. And we're planning on rocking the
0: world. Absolutely, Kalen. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your experience, your expertise. We're going to link all of this up in our show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash King. Fire Nation salutes you, Kaylin, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Fire Nation is an incredibly passionate and engaged audience. And Entrepreneur on Fire gets over 150,000 unique downloads every month. If you have a product or service that you know would resonate with Fire Nation, go to SponsorEOFire.com and join past sponsors like Chris Brogan, who saw incredible results. That's SponsorEOFire.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com,
1: your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.